Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a special guest. She starred as Electra in the 2016 Broadway revival of Cats. Welcome, Lily Froelich, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Starred, that is, that's a, saying a lot. Yeah, let's, uh, let's jump in. Um, the first thing I'd like to hear is, before you signed on to play Electra, what was your history with the musical Cats? Had you seen it? Had you acted in it as a kid? Um, what was your, you know, your backstory with the musical? Um, not much. I would say I saw it as a kid. I saw the VHS, you know. Um, but I had, and maybe I saw a live production when I was a child at some point. Um, other than that, I mean, one time. When I was young, probably seven-ish, my dance studio did the Jellicle, like a, an excerpt from the opening, maybe the Jellicle Ball, like a weird mashup. And um, I was a random cat in that. But other than that, I I hadn't seen it as an adult. I actually, before auditioning, like really struggled watching the movie again. Like I could not get through the whole thing. So, <laughs> and oh, I saw a high school production once. That's been a common theme. With your cast. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. When did you see it? How old were you the first time? When you said you were a kid. I, I bet you I was like five or something. Maybe six. Wow. And and yeah. did it not scare you? Uh, it's, it's, I'm having trouble remembering, honestly. It must have been like a low-budge community kind of production. So I don't know if I was that scared. <laughs> I, okay. think I, I think I liked the dancing. You know, I think. I saw your production. What did you think? I was terrified. Absolutely terrified of the whole thing. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> I, I saw kids everywhere and it kind of blew my mind that that it was, you know, that it starts with the whole green eyes and they're coming out and they jumped out from behind me and I was not prepared for that. And uh, I just wasn't ready for the whole thing from start to finish. <laughs> oh God. I mean, we weren't ready either. Every day, just not ready. Honestly, it was hard, but um, I guess it would be scary 
as a kid, our production, yes, would would have been very scary, especially even McCavity was like really scary in our production, I feel like. So, but I, yeah, I just didn't have much of, I didn't have much of a, a history with the show, honestly, when I started it. I didn't know much at all. Okay. So that, that really leads me to, that leads me to, I think, my first question, which is, what were you told about Electra? And how did you, you know, you saw, you roughly saw the movie, I guess, the 98 mm-hmm. movie, you had to watch it in multiple sittings to get through it. But, but what was, what was the backstory you were supposed to follow? What were you, what were you given about the character? Okay, well, from the beginning, I was basically told that Electra is typically not in the show. Like she's typically cut from the show. She's an extra cat. Um, and like they weren't even sure if they were going to have her until I guess they made room for me or something. It was what it kind of felt like. I, I, I don't know. I was not in the casting process. But so from the beginning, it was like, let's just add this extra cat, basically. Um, and I was just told that I was like a, one of the youngest kittens. Um, and the way we framed it was that like the three young kittens, um, Pounceable, Electra, and Syllabub, that, you know, the rest of the cats were trying to kind of show us, lead us through the Jellicle Ball because we had never been before because we were so young and they were showing, they were kind of performing for us and obviously for um, old Deuteronomy and to go to the heavy side layer. But, you know, our kind of interpretation was that the kittens were always in the, you know, the audience for these cats, I feel like to, to perform for and to, to show us the way to show us how to, how to be a jellical cat, you know? So I've done a little bit of somewhat of a research to try to figure out the backstory. And it seems like Electra is one of the three sisters with Etcetera and Jemima, and that you're the most mature of those three sisters, but you're all the kittens. And so what I've been trying to figure out is just how do you interact? Like, what was told? Did you come up with an entire backstory for Electra? Did you just have, you know, some bits and pieces to figure out how to generally handle yourself on stage? Oh my God. We all had the most intense backstories. I think because, I mean, and I think anyone who's ever done Cats before, they knew, they didn't really, uh, it seemed like they didn't enjoy our production much because we weren't, um, we didn't have time to focus on the traditional story or any of the kind of more traditional rituals that people that do the show have experienced. Like typically people practice what, you know, felinity for like a week or something. Like they like literally at the beginning of rehearsals, you know, crawl around and like pretend to be cats and like get into that character for like a week. We did it for three hours. Wow. One day. That was the only time we had because I mean, I know time is money, on Broadway and we had, Andy was really trying to recreate this show. Um, We just didn't have a lot of time. So from the beginning, we didn't have a lot of backstory given to us. So we then took, yeah, like the tidbits of information and ran with it. I was basically only told that I was a kitten. Like that's kind of all I knew. What you just said to me, I was never told. That's kind of scary that I I know more than told ahead of time. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it wasn't ideal. That's for sure. I think people were doing their best. Um, it was a very interesting circumstance with a lot of cooks in the kitchen. But yeah, so we 
created that Jenny Anidots was my mother and that Skimbleshanks was my dad. And that's kind of what we ran with, you know? Um, and I was always such a kitten. I was too young, you know, for like love, I would say. But I think if I had to pick a partner, it would have been Pounceable, you know? We were always together. He was literally my dance partner a lot of the time. So, um, and then, oh, yes, Syllabub slash, we called her Syllabub, but Jemima is what she's called in England. Um, she was probably my best my best friend, but I didn't know she was my sister. So that's cool. <laughs> so what else? That That's great. Cause I, I do want to get to the family tree here in a little bit, but what else did you like? Did you, you have, you said you had a wild backstory. What else was part of that? Like, what did you, what else, what did you think for mm-hmm. what everyone should know about Electra to help you portray it on stage? I always said that I was the youngest kitten. Like I was going with that. I was the youngest cat on stage and I just had this very wide-eyed innocence I tried to to go with that like I had I always said I'd been born like two weeks ago you know what I mean like fresh kitten wow Um, okay so super young yeah super young I went with yeah that I was the youngest and that gave me a lot to play with I had so much fun I mean I got to really try and experience the show with fresh eyes every night because it was my first time at the ball whereas other cats have been to the ball before. I mean, it is a special ball and it's a specific, uh, you know, jellical evening, but I was always like, no, this is my first time. I get to, I get to have this, you know, this fresh take on everything. And I was just always amazed at everything I was seeing. So I had a lot of fun with that narrative, with playing with that, you know, um, and just being amazed at the, because I didn't get to be in a lot of the more sensual and s- sexy, quote unquote, sexy cat numbers. I mean, I wasn't in McCavity. Um, I wasn't in like any romantic part of the ball. So because I was so young and I just had to sit on the side and watch. So, but I really did watch. Like I really, and there were always adults protecting me and things like that and shielding me from the violence and from the scariness and things like that. So that's what I got to experience every night. That's what we made happen every night. Wow. Okay. So that's that's really cool to hear because it's fun to hear how you portrayed the character, especially since there's so many different versions of how Electra could be portrayed on stage. So you already answered a little bit of what I wanted to ask next, which is I've been trying to figure out the cat's family tree and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's any real source of truth. So you said kind of your family. Was there any other that you remember where you knew like, okay, this is McCavity and Demeter for sure, or these two, or this is their parents? Like, what do you remember from your, from your backstories, from your cast that you could say, okay, this is how we played it. Okay. And, and yes, keep in mind that like anyone else who's ever done cats would wholeheartedly disagree with everything that I am going to say, you know, we made this up, like I said, because we weren't told much because of the lack of time. I'm trying to think. So yes, Skimble was my dad and Jenny was my mom. So they had a little, they were together. Um, in ours, like bomb ballerina, you know, she had had her thing with McCavity, but she was over it and she was on the other side of this abusive relationship. And she was now, you know, at least by the Jellica ball in our story, she was, with Rum Tum Tugger. She was with Tugger. Uh, Monkestrap is with Demeter and ours. Like, she gets tempted by McCavity, but Monkestrap and Demeter are a thing. Um, so that one I want to ask you about. It's 
Okay. Is is that why I think that's why Monkish Trap fights McCavity is because McCavity's Absolutely. mad at Monkish Trap for stealing his girl, not because of old Deuteronomy. Okay, I think it's a mixture. Definitely a, a solid mixture, but I think that because Monkish Trap and Demeter have been have become intimate uh, in our production at that point. And then McCavity's like the bad ex-boyfriend that comes back and like, you know, that like drug person you're addicted to that you know you shouldn't be. Like McCavity comes back and like hypnotizes her and physically takes her away. And so yes, Monkistrap has to come in and fight him for her and to get old dude back and like save the entire tribe. But yes, for his lady, he does fight McCavity. Absolutely. What about Buster for Jones and Gus, kind of the old, the older guys that are in the the play? Like, who are they? Who are they with? Uh, I would say that, well, Gus, um, Gus is, you know, that sweet older man that I feel like Jelly Lorem is, he's, she's his caretaker. And I feel like she probably, they're not romantic or anything. Um, but I think that like they're, uh, she's his companion. And I think she's like, um, you know, She's uh, she's probably not with anyone. She she did not obtain a partner, so she feels good taking care of this older man whom she really admires. Is what I would say about that. Um, and maybe I don't know. I think Gus probably <laughs> um, like had his time. You know, he was a theater. He's the theater cat. So I mean, who knows what what you know gus got into uh, he probably had some lovers in his day um but now yeah he's alone and he's got this nice companion and then as for buster for jones i mean i think he just wants to eat like i don't think i don't think he's with anybody not anyone in our tribe that's for sure well his song is about him going to strip clubs so i think this got that's got to play into it right that's true i just think he's he's a rich I would say he's a, a rich, fat cat. Um, maybe he, uh, yeah, he pays for, <laughs> this is, yeah, he probably pays for lady cat strippers <laughs> to, uh, yeah, but he probably just doesn't have I know what you're going to say, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, this is not any more ridiculous than the plot line of the actual musical. <laughs> I know you're right. Like, oh my God, it's just been like years. Like I'm years removed from it. And I tell you when we were in it, I probably could have had a very serious conversation about all this. I just haven't in a couple of years. So I am, it is just funny to be saying this stuff, honestly. It's gotta be, it's gotta be fun to bring, to bring that back, that memory. It is fun. It's so fun. It was such a special time. So it is really fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bus for Jones getting that, Pussy, dare I say, you know? <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so let's 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 switch topics. Is this PG? No, it's not PG. It doesn't have to be PG. But let's switch okay. topics. Um, okay. Who was your, if ignoring cast members, so just about cats? Who was your favorite and least favorite cat in the show? Ignoring cast members, just cats. Yes, favorite and least favorite. Um. Okay. Oh, this is hard. I mean, I think maybe I would go with Demeter. Is probably. My favorite, probably because I would have enjoyed a chance to play her, like, but I don't think that I was, because I understudied three other cats, but I didn't understudy her. And I think I, because I had such maybe like a youthful look about me, I wasn't quote unquote, like mature enough, you know, for that. Mm -hmm. But um, I always, I like her trajectory. I like, because she's got depth to her, like she she's connected to Grizabella. I think she feels for Grizabella the whole time, but she's always being told to not, to not go there and to shut down all of those thoughts she's having and to just stay with the tribe, you know? And um, so I think she's got empathy that a lot of the other cats don't have early on. Um, Yeah. I think she's really a cool cat. Um, And my least favorite cat, I mean, oh, my least favorite number, thus also my least favorite cat, was Buster for Jones. I'm sorry to anyone out there who loves Buster for Jones, but I, I mean, I think it's like very, you know, um, it's like, yes, this is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. So obviously it's very, a very British show and it takes place in London and all of those things. But so I think that Buster is one of the most, um, you know, proper British characters, which we don't really have in our society. So I just didn't, I don't connect with Bustopher very much. Um, and that music, that whole song, it's just, I mean, it's fluffy and, and it can be fun, I guess. But yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. Don't like that whole number, honestly. So what would be, that's your least favorite song. What's your favorite song? I've been asked this so many times recently of Hamilton and I haven't thought of Cats in so long. Um, so... Brain is going to think about... <laughs> I almost said Skylar Sisters. You can answer with Hamilton, too. Oh, I, I almost said Skylar Sisters because I've said that so many times recently because it's my fave. But, okay, Cats. I mean, Tugger is so fun. And, and in our version, it was quite different because um, Andy really got to play and do what he wanted to with that number, at least from what I could tell. So it was more rock and roll. It was more hip hop. It was really, I, I had a blast doing, doing Tugger. Um, and I mean, th- the ball, honestly, the ball is a magical thing. Maybe not eight times a week for a year and a half. Like it definitely starts to wear on you, but there's no other feeling. Um, like when like opening night or first preview or, or when something really, when it's like a very, momentous day for some reason you know like my last show doing the ball on your last show and everyone yells go for it um right before the big um it is the most breathtaking experience honestly 
like I have tears in my eyes just thinking about it because it's not often as a dancer that you get to dance like that on stage anywhere. I, so I will tell you, when I saw the musical the first time, mm-hmm. the only thing stuck in my head when I left was Mungo, Jerry, and Rumpel Teaser. Oh, yeah. And the more I've watched it, the more I get really stuck on McCavity's song. Oh, yeah. Worst character in terms of like such a bad cat, but what an amazing song. I know. It's a great song. I just wasn't in it. Like I said, I I was um, not – I didn't get to be in that number. I came out at the very end. And like posed with everyone, literally. And so I, but I, I understudied, I understudied Rumple Teaser, and she got to be in it. So I did get to do it sometimes, but I, it's such a great song, but I think I resented it because I was like, well, I don't get to be a part of this thing. So I'm going to like disconnect from it a little bit. So I'm not jealous of everybody. <laughs> exactly. So we're recording this during, obviously during the quarantine of the COVID virus. So if you had to pick a cat to be, quarantine with which character would you pick mm-hmm. i have an answer for what i think is the correct answer by the way oh i oh i want to hear it i'm gonna say one thing and then you're gonna tell me yours and then i'll change my answer i'm sure but i mean on a personal level my best friend christine cornish smith who i think you've chatted with already i have she's my best friend we've been best friends for forever um she was bomb ballerina and I mean, if I had to quarantine, I think Bomb Ballerina is a cool cat. And she was also like, oh, I forgot this in the family tree. Um, Bomb Ballerina was my big sister in our family tree, the one we made up. So, yes. And I think that's also because she's my best friend. Um, We just made that a thing. So I think I would choose to quarantine with Bomb Ballerina only if played by Christine Cornish Smith. Just kidding, actually, because I have a gajillion friends that understudied her, so... I I think the correct answer is Mr. Mistopheles. Okay, why? He's magical. He would do magic all day, the whole time, and keep you entertained. Oh, uh, okay. That's a great answer. I know. I was thinking Bombelliruna because in that big sister, she's like so over it, but she'd be like, hey, bitch, like let's paint our nails. Hey, bitch, let's have a martini, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, you are correct. That would be cool to have Mr. Mistopheles here, keeping us entertained. I definitely put more thought into this than I wanted to, like, <laughs> like you know, with Buster Jones with, he'd have the biggest house cause he's rich, mm-hmm. but he'd eat all your food. So that wouldn't be as fun. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem super fun. No. Gus could tell you stories all day, which would be great. Yes. But I just feel like Tugger would be super interesting, but, but I feel like the magic would be you couldn't pass that up. That's true. And maybe he could just like, you know, magically present us a vaccine and make this all go away too. Now, did you get to see the movie when it came out? Oh yeah. Um, and what did you think? I did. I saw it on Christmas Eve day with my parents. Um, I think that I probably felt the way about the movie, the way anyone who's ever done cats and their lives thought about our revival. Um, I finally understood. I had a lot of pride for the musical and I felt sad that things were so different. Um, I, yeah, I just felt like I, what I never understand about any musical that has turned into a, a movie when it has changed so drastically, I never understand because 
your following, your audience is going to be, for the most part, for the most part, uh, the avid fans and followers of the show. So you're going to piss them off, you know? Um, So I was sad a little bit. I didn't understand the need for some of those changes. And I also thought a lot of what Andy was trying to do in the film, like you couldn't even see it because the shots were kind of strange. Like it wasn't shot for dance, but it's a dance musical. It's like the most quintessential dance musical. Um, And yeah, and it's like the added song was weird and like, I just don't understand why we must change things uh, at all. Like, I understand if you can change something for the better, which then it's like, that's an opinion. But but changing something so dramatically that is so beloved by so many, like, that's what I don't understand. For sure. It's, you know, when you've got 40 plus years of the show succeeding in, for the most part, a similar fashion. Yeah. There was a lot of liberties taken in the movie. Yeah. And I wasn't there, and I don't know why they made those changes. I know that things, you know, under pressure, things have to change or, you know. But I do feel like maybe the person at the helm of that, like the director, like maybe he didn't have any sort of prior love for the show, and maybe he didn't feel the need to, like, uphold any of the of the defining factors of the show. And I think that's sad a little bit, you know, I think it's a loss. He was rewarded with a Razzie. (laughs) Right. Oh, well. And they spent so much money on it. Like it didn't get, make much money obviously. Right. So it, it didn't do well. It's, it's having a little bit of a life after with um, like the, a cult classic type of crowd with a lot of people doing potentially illegal things and then watching it oh god yeah drugs drugs so okay (laughs) i gotta say that's the only way you can watch it i i have not that's what i felt sometimes about the musical production too i thought i needed a few more drinks before i i I walked in um and the lights went out yeah but i do want to ask you my final question i told my friends i oh go ahead go ahead tell your story Oh, no, I, I, I just I told my friends whenever they would come, I'd say, please drink something or smoke something like whatever you need to do. OK, that's what I would always tell them. No one gave me that advice when I saw it, and I saw a matinee on Saturday and Ooh. I walked in completely sober. Oh, no. Uh, with no not not prepared. I'm for so anything. sorry. Really, I am. Um, but now I've got, you know, multiple episodes explaining the story so it's you know it's it's turned it's taken a complete right turn for me this musical (laughs) good 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 so i want to ask my final question but before i do that um i usually like to hear what you're up to i think you mentioned it but before obviously stuff started to shut down Mm -hmm. you were um in hamilton correct yes yeah i am i've been in one of the tours um, for over two years now, ever, I left cats and went straight into Hamilton. And so I'm a swing and one of the dance captains. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. And you said your favorite song was the Scholar sisters. Yes. It's so fun. Okay. Now I want to ask my final question, mm-hmm. um, because this has been kind of the thesis for my podcast, which is, I have said that Grisabella was the wrong choice to die at the end of the show and mm-hmm. to ascend to the heavy side layer. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to ask you is, do you agree with me? that she was wrong, or do you want to defend her? And if you don't want to defend her, who would you pick to ascend to the heavy side layer? Now, can I get a reason I for 
for your thoughts? A brief reason? I just think there are more worthy and better characters. Mm -hmm. I think we're rewarding a potentially drugged out (laughs) former prostitute that is trying to work her way back to the you know to the story and yes she sings the one of the best songs but we're rewarding someone who who had a very very rough past so there's a little redemption story but i also think like there are a lot of other people that put up some really convincing performances mm-hmm. to to have their shot at being ascending to the heavy layer yes okay i agree with you I think we learn a really good lesson from Grizabella, and I think we are assholes to Grizabella. And just because someone is a potential druggie that, you know, a person that is addicted to drugs and maybe is a prostitute doesn't mean we should obviously shun them or be mean to them. Like, they need love and they need support, and we learn that throughout the show. Now, if we could, I don't, I agree with you, and I don't think she should be sent to the heavyside lair. I think we should let her live and, like, you know, we should help nurse her to health and like bring her into our tribe. And like, she's got some good years left. I think it's really depressing that poor Gus, the theater cat, is like on death's doorstep and we make him wait. Like, he's not gonna make it to the next Jellicle ball. You know what I mean? He's old. So, yes, I think. I think it's wrong. I think we should listen to Grizabella, let her belt out that tune, and we love and we forgive her. And then we somehow get Gus back in there, and we let that old-ass old cat go to heaven, the heavyside lair. So that is the consensus with the majority of the fans, is that there's a big team, Gus. Mm-hmm. I did ask Christopher Gurr this question, and yes. he said that he did not think, in your performance, Gus had a life left to live. So it was, if he would have ascended to the episode later, he might not have returned and been reborn. It was his last life. And so that's why he wasn't picked. But I think he was just justifying the reason that he wasn't picked. Yeah, but leave it to Christopher Gurr to find the most beautiful answer for that. I mean, honestly, that's great. <laughs> exactly. He's incredible. Um, God, that's good. Yeah, it almost... It almost bothers me how poetic that is because it's, yeah. most people are Team Gus, and it's the, it's probably the right answer. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I'm like, it's hard to argue against that. It is. I still think it should be Rum Tug Tugger and Mr. Mustafoli's ascending together. <laughs> oh, why? I just think they are a clear romantic situation that is ignored throughout the play, and there's a lot of very um, interesting stories pictures that I, you can find on the internet uh-huh. of the two of them uh in the deep, <laughs> dark, deep dark cat's web yeah um and so i just i do think that that would be it's like burton ernie and i think they're they're ready to go together oh, wow. and that's that's who deserves to ascend together at the end i mean that's two of the best performances if we're judging it like a competition show which is the way the movie actually even made it out to be yeah um, but the way i interpret it i think those were the two most worthy performances okay that's a very valid argument. I guess then I would just, you know, say to that, that maybe, I mean, is age ultimately a part of this? Um, because I feel like they're a little young, you know, but as you're saying, it's about ascending and dying and being reborn. So does age even matter? Like, I don't know. I look at this like a America's Got Talent or X Factor because I saw the production with Leona Lewis. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I, that was the first time I saw it is I really just, it was like, oh, this is, this is the X Factor. And I'm watching <laughs> it live on stage. And so that's kind of how I, I've been, 
been thinking about this this musical. Sure. And so from that standpoint, if I'm a Simon Cowell type of old Deuteron- old Deuteronomy, I'm picking those two together. Okay. I appreciate that. I really do. I mean, if it's a talent, if it's a search for talent, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, although Jenny and the Dots can, can tap her face off. Okay. That's a really impressive tap moment. That, that dance number weirds me out. Okay. I mean, the, yeah, like the, the taking off of your outer shell, your outer skin is always frightening, I would say. Especially in the movie. That was uncomfortable. The, the movie version was an experience, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us. And I want to um, know how we can find you on social media. Yes, I am on Instagram. It's at Lily Fro. That's at L-I-L-I-F-R-O. And then I am on the Facebook. It's just my name, Lily Frillick. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, and thanks for listening to this bonus episode with Lily Frolic on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.